0: Hey guys, it's your host Avery Carl with The Short Term Shop and I'm really excited to dive into the Broken Bow market with you guys. We've got 10 episodes on everything you need to know about investing in short-term rentals in Broken Bow. A couple notes that I wanna give you guys before we get started. Any up-to-date purchase prices or income numbers on this market you can find on our website, theshorttermshop.com. And if you're ready to buy with us in any of the 20 markets that we work in, not just Broken Bow, if you want to work with one of our agents in any of those markets, you can email us at agents@theshorttermshop.com. At Be sure to follow us on YouTube and Instagram and Facebook at the Short Term Shop, and of course join our Facebook group. It's called Short Term Rental Long Term Wealth. It's just me and 60,000 of my closest friends in there talking about short-term rentals all day, every day. Again, if you need anything from us, you can email us at agents at the shop.com. Let's dive into Broken Bow. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the short-term show special episode series on Broken Bow, Oklahoma. Today we're talking about the setup process. So you've already closed on your property. You got to set it up, get it ready for rental. And we have a few familiar faces yet again. We've got Kathy, the short-term shop agent in Broken Bow. Say hello, Kathy. Hey
1: everybody. Behind me today is a picture of the new casino. So that's a little taste behind me of what the new casino area in the back will look like.
0: Awesome. That is very exciting. And we also have Becky Kelly. Becky, you want to introduce yourself to the audience really quick? Yes, I'm Becky Kelly.
2: And um, we we have a family-owned and run uh, furniture store that we've had in the local area for about 30 years. And so uh, we have provided a lot of furniture to a lot of these nightly rental cabins and, of course, our local people for for years. So we know a lot about getting the cabin set up. And so I also have a decorating setup company that we work with our furniture store and the client and go in and get these cabins set up to be real ready. So they're ready for a renter when they open the door. Awesome. So you've got a lot of experience with cabin setup. Yes. Yeah. I'm finishing one up today, actually, that's about ready for photos at one o'clock today. So and starting on a new one yesterday. So, mm-hmm.
0: All right. Well, let's get started. So let's say I have clothes on a cabin. And Becky, I'm giving this to you to set up. So let's talk about tech first, because that's like one of the main things that people uh, worry about is and one of the main things that I see people making mistakes on right out of the gate is not changing the lock when they buy a property. I've had people stand outside of a property that they own for two days yelling at me about, I need the key to this or that from the seller when there isn't a key, there's a code. And right. they, you know, you own the house, get get the locks changed. So mm-hmm. uh, what kind of locks do you guys put in? Because I imagine there's some kind of a smart lock, right? Well, so most cabins uh, will have the sledge
2: or the, what's another one of those? Th- that seems to be the most popular one right now. Like, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of them do the uh, Wi-Fi um, so that they can change stuff from remote, remotely from wherever they are uh and uh some people who can change those locks for you and i can make that happen for you in the process of uh the setup so uh there's um, some local guys that are pretty good at it i just have them and
1: recommend them so mainly we're using sledge encode um Mm -hmm. shocking as it may seem uh because this is way big time against the rules but um there are lots of property management companies that never change the code. So they yeah. actually have a manual code and um, they say that the cleaners change them. Uh, you know, the cleaners are supposed to change them or whatever, but uh, you know, sometimes they'll they'll use like the last four digits of your phone number and they'll change it to that. Um, a lot of people do that, but some just don't ever get changed. So mm-hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. It's very important. It's very important. Like Avery said, I sold you the property.
2: You need to take care of changing that. So really, whatever it was, like the builder puts a lock code on there so they can go in and out. Well, so if you don't change that or or change the whole thing out and theirs is in there, um, there's one builder. He uses the same code for all of his cabins because he's just going in and out and his people so if you don't replace that, that's in there, it's it's real important. Yeah, Man, yeah. And
0: if there are hard copy keys and it's been a short-term rental before and you're getting them like you have no idea how many maintenance people or cleaners or whoever have copies of those keys, you absolutely have to change the locks when you buy something. And we recommend Schlage on code um yep. or in code or however you say that word. Um so, everybody yeah, needs
1: to remember that, you know, we as agents when we're showing the property, we're using that code. We're using the code that somebody gives us, whether that's management or the owner or whoever, we don't know how many people have had that code or been given that code or whatever. As unlikely as it is that somebody would pop in on you, it's just a safety thing. You have to you have to change those codes.
0: Yeah, right. 100%. And while we're on the subject of safety, let's talk about ring cams. You guys install ring cams? Uh, We typically do on our properties, just on the front, just to see, you know, who's coming and going. Well, you know, I I know some do and some don't.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: uh, You know, it's not as prevalent
1: in Bow as you might think. Um, A lot of people, I would say, I would say 70% or 70, 75% of the 80 or some odd cabins that we've done um, this last year and a couple of months, four months, five months, um, I would say 80% have no cameras at all, none. So you have some people coming in to this market, especially if they're in other markets, that they're adding cameras and ring doorbells and stuff like that. But it is not typical for our staff in this market, to come with it, they may have them on there, but they're typically not monitored or used. Don't you think, Becky? That's mostly the case. Well, being on the insurance side as well, a lot of our clients
2: have them. So, oh, sometimes but more than Ring, they have uh, surveillance cameras, security cameras that are monitored. That well, they can monitor them or uh, one of our local security companies, and that seems to be the most chosen over the Ring. Now I know some have them but w- what I see from more people are surveillance security cameras and alarm system combo and I I feel like more have them now than they ever have they're they're really starting to make sure they can see their property and I think they mainly like to use that when they don't have a renter to make sure someone's not coming up there that d- that don't need to be there you know on the property yeah,
0: yeah and no. I think with any camera you want to make sure we use Ring cameras it's just the the easiest thing to do, but you want to make sure that you're not just sitting there staring at your cameras all day, like a soap opera. They're really just there to be able to refer back to if there's an incident and you're not like staring at them all day. So that's kind of my thing on, um, on the cameras. So next piece of hardware that a lot of people who are managing remotely will want to install is a smart thermostat. So we use the Honeywell T9s in all of ours but do you guys use anything anything different, Becky and Kathy? I recommend that you have that on there, or otherwise, instead of having a two hundred dollar electric
2: bill, you may have a four or five hundred dollar one on a one mm-hmm. or two bed cabin, which is ridiculous because the, if, if it's eighty or ninety five degrees outside, they're gonna keep it set on sixty and you know and yeah. same thing or they'll um, crank up the heat. I mean, they'll turn on the air conditioner so that they can run the propane fireplace and such, and then freeze it up and then call, you have to call maintenance. So I, I think it's better to have that where the owner or someone can control that at a certain point, you know? Absolutely.
1: Yeah. It's probably that, that and the sledge encode are the two things that most buyers replace when they first buy. Um, right. Cause you know, depending on whether it has it or not, most, a lot of them don't have the Honeywell or the the Wi-Fi thermostat. Some do, but, you know, most of the time that's the one thing that's the first thing they do is put in the Wi-Fi thermostat. Right. Mm-hmm. I recommend it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> totally. All right. So now let's move to TV. So. My, <clears throat> sorry, recommendation with TVs is to get all Roku TVs that all have the same remotes that can be used with, you know, the remotes with Rokus are interchangeable. That way, if remotes get switched around in different rooms, they're not having to try and figure it out. Uh, so that's my recommendation. And I recommend also having a TV not only in the living room and, you know, hangout areas, but in every bedroom. I know that's a point of contention with some hosts. They're like TVs don't belong in the bedroom, but be that as it may, a lot of people sleep want to be able to watch TV or a movie or something while they're going to bed. And that should be their choice as the guests. So it's 300 bucks for a Roku TV. I think they need to go in every room. But do you guys have any differing opinions on that? I uh, agree. Yeah, I do,
1: too. I mean, I I think whatever TV you get, they should all be the same. I prefer the Roku as well. Um, But and I put a TV in every bedroom because there are people that cannot sleep without a television. And so if you get one of those people, let's say it's one in five, that person is not going to have the same good experience because that's just how they're set up. So for 300 bucks and maybe it's 10 people or 15 people a year, I'd rather have that in there for them so that they're happy, you know, just because. I don't think a TV belongs in the bedroom, which I have one in my room. But just because I don't think that doesn't mean that, you know, I'm not choosing for them. I'm their host. I want them to be as comfortable and happy as they can possibly be.
2: And they will click around and they'll choose a cabin that does. So that puts you out for that person. and. They may need it to help get their kid to sleep, whatever. Exactly. And and also if it's a cabin that's hosting, you know, 12, 14 people and you're with those people all day, you may want to, when you go to bed, unwind and watch TV, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe no, you weren't wanting to watch football because all the guys had it on, on the main TV. You can go on another room. Yeah. That totally agree
0: say. with all that. Yeah. So I think we're on the same page there. So let's move on to stocking things. So let's talk about sheets and towels. How many towels do you guys put out per bathroom? Per bathroom or per person? Well, I guess, how do you calculate how many towels you need in each bathroom? Do you calculate it by bathroom? Do you calculate it by by number of people staying? How do you figure that out?
2: Calculate it per bathroom
0: and usually four or
2: five, four or five per bathroom, um it's here here's what we found and how long they're going to stay too if they're going to stay if two or three nights stay a typical uh four four or five but if they're going to have an extended stay or a week or two weeks you know you may want you want to leave more but there's also most cabins have a washer and dryer for that purpose too because you don't get hotel motel service daily clean towels that's why there's a washer and dryer at nightly rentals so you can do that yourself these people are going to the lake, going outside and playing in a creek. You, you know, you, you if they want to wash and dry their clothes and towels, they can. Here's what I found. It doesn't matter if you have a one-bedroom cabin or a six-bedroom cabin. If you put 14 towels in a one-bedroom cabin, they're going to use all 14. Mm-hmm. If you put 14 in a four or six-bedroom cabin, they're going to use all those. If you put 20 or 30 because of the size, they're going to use all of them. How many ever you put out, they're going to use what's out. So... I think you need to pick a number that your cleaning staff is good with handling and um, that that's kind of customary for the area because the people will talk and say, yeah, we put out this many, we put out this. So it's kind of a standard a little bit to uh, some, a lot of people do talk between groups of how many towels are you put now? Because if I put out 20, they'll use 20. So yeah. I know one number. And why I say 14, there's some people that say, don't put out more than 14. I don't care how big the cabin is. So, but, I, I, as When I decorate, that's different because I want them to be stocked properly. So I, I typically do like five towels per bathroom and then I do what's called a backup set of everything and we'll do five to 10 backups. So if soiled, you know, someone takes one off in their suitcase accidentally, they have backups.
1: Okay. I do it. I do two. I do two per person um, unless it's like, I, do, I don't do more than like 14, but I typically do two per person. So Um, the girls that work for me, they'll take a look at the reservation and they'll put out two per person. Um, And if there's a bunch of kids, the kids get one um, unless they're staying a really long time. So one of my lake houses, it's pretty big and and the lake is right there. So I have a separate set of beach towels, one per person. Um, Uh And then, yeah, and that's it. So, and if, you know, there've been times when they've just been taken or whatever. And then I just change my thing and say, if you guys need beach towels, bring them yourself. Well, you'll have bath towels, but bring your own beach towels. So that's what I All do. right.
0: So we've got the numbers down. How many sets of each do you keep? So like, for example, we keep three to four. So we've got one set out, one set in the owner's closet in case of emergencies, and one set is with the cleaner being washed, or maybe we'll have two sets in the owner's closet. So how many sets of things do you think you need to buy to get set up? I think what what you just said, if
2: you're going to leave out three to four, and I, I do, I tell them, you know, once I decorate it, it's their cabin. So they may leave out three to four, four to five. And, but then I tell them, What I recommend for each bathroom is what I'm going to give you for backups, you know, in their, in their owner's closet. Like, just like what you said, to, to replace if something gets ruined or soiled. And like I said, then the cleaner's got to set washing them. So that's, that's how I, and, and typically if I'm, if I'm doing any, I I decorate larger cabins, usually three, four, five, six bedroom. They're, they're going to have at least. When I decorate, I will leave. It. I will make sure they have twenty to twenty-five towels. Now, how many their cleaner puts out for the guests? That's up. That's up to them. So, but and leaves in the owner's closet. But I have so much. I'm going to give them in a package when I'm decorating. So, what I'm doing decorating versus what I would do once I'm actually renting are you know a little bit different.
1: And I have the same. I have uh, typically two. I have typically I have two sets for backup, and then. Um, what I do for like comforters and quilts and stuff like that is um, this time of the year. And then right after Christmas, I will go, you know, whatever the Macy's or Macy's is really good with sales. I'll if I'm replacing comforters or buying new stuff, I'll buy two of each. So I will buy an one comforter and a backup comforter or quilt. So if it's, you know, that way I have, you know, just say it's a a king and it's a four-piece set or whatever. I have two four-piece sets. So if the comforter gets destroyed, then there's another comforter. Or if one of the pillow shams gets destroyed, then there's one to replace it with. So I'm not constantly, you know, replacing that stuff.
0: Right. And so same with sheets, three to four sets you like to keep around. What color sheets do you guys do? Because I know some people say white all the way because you can bleach them and they just look really nice like a hotel. Some people say never white because even if you bleach them, they can still be kind of dingy. What do you guys do?
1: I do white. I went through, I don't know how many thousands of dollars going through what color I was going to pick or a print or this or that. I went through every color variation and inevitably I've always come back to white. Me too. And it seems to be, I try to do what's the industry standard
2: in the short-term rental market at the time. And trends come and go. And when we first started in the early 2000s, uh, everybody wanted colored towels, you know, red or blue, whatever color you're decorating. But that's where, you know, you mix the red towels with the white sheets or the tan sheets, and then they turn pink. So you, you live and learn and uh but pretty much we use white because that's we i also you gotta think when i'm decorating i have to do what my client wants as well i can recommend something and let them know but uh what they want to they can they get and then they live and learn and they may change to something but uh, i choose white like you it's easier uh and, and i definitely some people say well let's put white in this bathroom and blue in this one and no, that gets becomes a nightmare and a nightmare with the cleaners. It's easier for them to wash and dry and just put the stuff up and not have to sort through. Um, mm-hmm. I know some people who like to use tan and gray and that'd probably be my second preference besides white.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Our cleaners in some of ours are okay with white and some they're like, please get tan or light gray right. so we can avoid the dinginess. So I just kind of do whatever my cleaners tell me to do.
2: It, yeah. On at the time, what's easier for your cleaners? Because There's ones that have to deal
0: with it and what's going on with the laundry situation for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about the kitchen now. So in terms of what we're stocking in terms of just cookware, we'll talk about spices and other stuff in a minute. Uh, How like, How far do we go? How luxury do we go? And what do we make sure we have? And what doesn't matter so much?
2: Becky? Well, um, so I prefer as much break resistant things as you can get, whether it's your drinking glasses, your plates, bowls, cups. Um, However, I always put one what I call real like plates, dishes, cups, but I've also put a nice set. I usually spend more on the brake resistant than the actual real plates because I get really good quality brake resistant that you actually have to touch them to know that's not glass it's plastic but it just makes more sense a lot of cabins have concrete floors that are stained um hardwood floors things still can break kids take these things outside to play with and dig in the dirt and you know so um you don't want broken glass out in your rock gravel driveway somebody step on it so um, I like to use as much brake resistant, even like Pharrell, it's it's real dishware, but, you know, it's it doesn't break as easy. And um, so and I think good mid-range to higher end um, because you're just going to you're going to replace these things. They're going to go by the wayside, uh, forts, plate, dishes, things are going to happen. They're going to take these things outside to eat with or to play in the dirt with or go down to the creek and gather some worms and whatnot, crawdads and put them in your pots and pans. So, um, but I, I like to use good cookware. I, I think people actually take good care, better care of good cookware because they know it's a little better quality. And seems like it lasts longer. So, but I, I don't ever think you ought to buy top of the line way expensive stuff because you're going to replace it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just win. So, and our cabins are, you know, the standard in Broken Bow is they're very well stocked. So they have everything, you know, mm-hmm. even crock, you know, from crock pots to toasters to wine openers to, you know, s'mores, you know, sticks or whatever. Everything's really well stocked because, you know, this is a market where we're really catering to a lot of very high end Dallas clients. So, you know, they're not happy. No, they're not going to rough it. They're not
0: going to. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's talk about the other stuff in the kitchen. Like I always try to make sure we have a crock pot back to um, the, the cookware stuff. But other than that, just, you know, your basic stuff. Let's talk about what your coffee setup is and what you provide. Are we doing Keurig? Are we doing drip? Are we providing coffee? Are we not? What does that look like here? I usually do a
2: Keurig duo where they have the coffee pot. Also the Keurig So um, now some people say, well, if one part of it goes out, you got to replace the whole thing. But I've had some last, I mean, year, I mean, two, a couple of years. That's the most because that's as long as I've been buying them, but they're still fine. So to me, if you've got a coffee pot that long, you're doing pretty good. You're more apt to have somebody break the carafe, the glass pot, than anything and have to replace it anyway. So um, I kind of like the Keurig coffee pot duo and it looks nice and neat. It looks neater than a coffee pot and a Keurig to me. But a lot of people are into the coffee bar. And I really like those and setting those up on a separate, you know, console table somewhere right near the kitchen living area. That looks really good. People are into it. It's a good renting feature when people are clicking around and they see a coffee wine bar. They like that. So and as far as providing to me any, like you said, the coffee uh, sweeteners, uh, creamers, I like everything in a package. I don't like things that just pour out and open because anybody can, of course, do anything, run their dirty hand down it. And then who knows, you know. So
0: yeah, I, I like if you're going to provide any like sugar or cream or anything, just doing individual packets. So it's one single use and throw it away. What do you think, Kathy?
1: I do the same. I do the single
0: use <clears throat> packets for that stuff. I do provide, uh, I do do the Keurig duo,
1: the same thing. Um, I've had both, I've had it where I had drip and Keurig, but it takes up too much space on the counter. So I just do the duo and then I will provide coffee, um, I provide enough for people to have one cup a day, depending on, you know, what they're doing. Now, I also say in there, in my instructions, you know, this is what, you know, it's the standard instructions. But I say, if you prefer a certain kind of coffee, or you want to bring your own coffee, this is what we have. And this is what you should bring. Because, again, people are super specific. You know, Uh if you don't want, I have a sweet and low, and you want, you know Splenda don't get irritated with me about it just you know this is what we have and if you and how I say it is you know if you're you know super specific about your coffee please bring what you like you know so you can enjoy it so always good about anything
2: we you always have your amenities what's going to be there what standard you know if you have other preferences you know Please bring them. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Do you guys provide coffee grounds or cured cups or anything like that, or is it all BYO? I do do cured cups. I don't do
1: grounds. So there is a box of cured cups in there. So I, I get the multi pack, and the there's some that's left out every time. And when it runs out, we'll restock it. So, but there's not like you know, I don't have one of those big carousel things that's full of different choices because. Just like a towel, if there's 15 of them out, they will drink all 15 oh. cups. If th- and like if they've never drank 15 cups of coffee in their life, they'll do it. They'll do it, right? And we and so what a lot of
2: people do that that I know they'll have the cured cups, also like the coffee singles, like you would get at a hotel to put in the coffee pot, and just and just have like Kathy said, as many singles for the coffee pot rather than loose grounds. And then some people just do the cured cups, and you bring your own coffee uh, for the coffee pot. So a little bit of both.
0: Okay. I I haven't thought about the individual like single use, you drop it in the coffee pot, like the drip maker. I've used those before myself, but it's never occurred to me to actually put them out in a short-term rental. So that makes a lot of sense. And people love those.
2: And there's old school people who I, I call myself old school, where I like a pot of coffee. You know, and so if I go to a place that has have the singles or some of those singles will make there, you can get them a little bit bigger. That'll do a couple of cups. Um, that because I like a pot of coffee. My husband and I, we we take a pot of coffee. So I, I do the singles and the cured cups in mine.
1: Yeah, I do, too. Becky, let's talk for a second about spices. What do you what do you put in there? Do you what kind of stuff do you leave for people? Well, um,
2: I don't. And um, I, unless there's um just small individual salt and pepper, but I don't recommend anything left in these caps. Well, then this is, comes from the insurance part of me. You know, mm-hmm. I don't I don't liability issues of someone opening a spice and putting something in it, crazy, you know, dumping it out, scooping it back into the container. you know, ooh, I dumped it all on the counter. Let's scoop it all back in there and get a little oh. sharp that in there. So, I, as much as when I go to a place and they have spices left for your courtesy, I've used those before, but I just don't recommend it. It's not, in my You know opinion. what? That's really,
1: that's interesting. I've never thought of that before. Um, that's a very interesting point because I, I haven't thought of that. Um, uh, I leave, so there's one you can buy and I bought it on Amazon. It's just a little circle and it's got like There's two different kinds. There's one that's got like general spices in it. And there's another one that's got like exotic spices in it. So I buy those and, and there's one of each in the cabin. They last a long time. But to Becky's point, Uh, that is really a a good point. If, if you have spices there and somebody spills it on the counter and just takes it back in there, that is a little gross. (laughs) So, So. I get why you don't leave them in there, but I leave those little, I don't know if you guys have seen them.
2: Little bitty small, like for one use and the cleaners put them out. Like if you buy more than salt and pepper and you want to put some garlic or a couple things, um, you can get, and they're not that expensive. And they're small. They throw them away after. Yeah. I'm just weird about people. and. My mom and dad were always like, check your Halloween candy. What if somebody put something in, you know, so it's a, that stuck in my head at a very young age. So I'm just like, what if some weirdo put some of their cocaine or meth in that salt and pepper? Like, and then I, You I, never I, know.
1: This could happen. Like, yeah. You never know. Oh, my yeah. God. That's funny. I'm going to
0: think about that now every time I use public salt and pepper. Like, what if somebody put drugs in this?
2: Yeah. Yeah. People that use drugs inform me, no, we won't do that. We use the drugs. We're not going to put them and waste it in your salt and pepper shaker. So,
0: I hear you. Track. I hear that. Okay. So that's that on spices. So <clears throat> let's talk about decor now. So a lot of the cabins in Broken Bow, I feel like the average cabin in Broken Bow is like a luxury cabin in other markets. So when we're doing decor What do we focus on? Like, what are we, what level of luxury do we have to go with in terms of aesthetics? I'm not saying we have to buy like Chanel couches and stuff, but, you know, what does it need to look like? We probably can't be decorating with like bears and mooses and things or whatever the plural of moose is.
2: Right. Um, Well, and, you know, people are still doing what I call traditional using the large look with some bears or moose. I, d- I just did one that looks really good. That's what they preferred. They said, we only like traditional. We want to keep it large looking, but we want it modern large looking. So I actually found some really good pieces that look good. That moose didn't look like 1992 moose, you know. Um, so so as a decorator, you have to keep that in mind and find things that are current right now. That But, but with that looker theme, But more, I think more cabins right now are a little bit more modern, modern farmhouse uh, modern rustic. People say, I want a modern look, but I still want things to have a little bit of a, a cabin look, uh, like this vase. I want it more rustic looking to, to bring, to have the cabin feel, you know? So, um, that's the, that's what I've probably done more than anything is modern, but with a little bit of a rustic flair. And when I say rustic, I don't mean country and I don't mean Western, just a little bit more of an aged, look or something
0: to it gotcha like
1: shabby like shabby chic kind of a shabby chic kind of you know yeah. weathered worn weathered white kind of you know that right. stuff it, and it's, it's strange, interesting it's interesting in broken bow we have such a wide range of people that come um that there are people that want the cabiny looking lodge looking cabins and there's people that want the more minimal minimalistic uh more modern cabins so it's really one of those things where you can do what you like but for the longest time, it everybody wanted the modern. And now it's kind of gone back a little bit. They're going to back to the more cabiny. Mm-hmm. More traditional. Yeah. Uh, the cabins themselves are a
2: little more modern looking, not as traditional. And so those people want to decorate them as such. Then people are saying, no, I want a more traditional cabin. So this one that I just did in August, it was just the, the log. It was, you know, stone, had the big, you know, honking post outside and um, cedar post and it, it looked great. And they wanted it to have a little bit of a yellowstone flare to it. And so we did that a little and that was fun and looked really good. It didn't look like dragging up some 2001, um, deer and moose and stuff though. So.
0: If you're buying an older cabin and by older, I mean like early 2000s, cause I know, you know, there hasn't been a lot of building in this area up until like the right. 2000 area. So you're telling me like we probably, if there's carpet, we probably need to get rid of that. If it doesn't have granite countertops, we need to put them in that kind of thing. Yes. that Because you want to do what other people are doing to
2: rent their cabins and people that are clicking to rent, they're going to rent a cabin that has those amenities. So absolutely no carpet. Uh You know, wood floors are fine. Um, engineered wood floors, which those scratch up and are harder to maintain. But uh, there's tile floors,
0: uh, polished concrete. Uh, That's a big thing uh, right now, but
2: yeah, no carpet.
0: Gotcha, and you mentioned amenities. So let's talk about that. What are some amenities that you really do need to have in this market? So Kathy has mentioned in previous episodes, you have to have a hot tub. You have to have a fire pit. Is there anything else amenity wise that you just need to have here? That That's
2: the big thing. Um, hot tub and a fire pit. Uh, they Most of them do prefer to you to have some kind of fireplace, whether it's wood burning or propane or even electric. They just like the ambiance, the feel. So those are things that people look for or they'll click over to another cabin because there's enough to choose from to get those amenities they want. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, and and pools are not a big thing here yet. Although I've seen, you know, the last, I don't know, six or seven months, four or five pools go in. Um, I, I don't know. And and I don't know how hard far that's going to go, Becky, because it's, I mean, we're sitting on a, it's a, a full grant. The place is all on a big bed of granite. So in mm-hmm. courts. So I don't know how far pools are going to go because I don't know how many can actually I think it's going to be cost prohibitive when you're digging through all that stuff. But, um, you know, people put lights outside and people will do the swings around their fire pit uh, versus an Adirondack chair. Uh, A lot of places have um, a jungle gym for kids or something like that. Now, Becky and insurance might say, I don't know about the jungle gym, Um, but people do have it and they got to post a sign, you know, use at your own risk. All that stuff but you know there's there are people that do that kind of thing there's a lot of room for adding amenities that are pretty cool there's one guy that has a pirate ship um, jungle gym there's you know people that have one guy has an adult treehouse so it's right. kind of lower to the ground but it's more geared towards adults So it's in the backyard and, you know, so I mean, there's a lot of really, there's some cool stuff you can do. Yeah. Pickleball courts, if they have a flat enough,
0: you know,
2: play pickleball Mm -hmm. court. And some of them are doing mini golf, like setting up just a few mini golf things. So they go out there and I've seen that. And I know some people are really liking that. So um, things to attract somebody to rent your cabin versus my cabin or your cabin is what it's about. Yeah. I think
1: we have like, I Four or five cabins now that have a pickleball court. Right. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'll have, you know, we have a lot of insurance
2: clients that we get to know as as friends and acquaintances. And they'll email or message me. Hey, I know, you know, a cabin that has a pickleball court. Uh, set me up or let me know. Send me a link of somebody, you know, because they know I know. And so that that kind of is a thing oh, for some people. not It's not huge. It's not like a demand. But they will reach out to me. They know I'm from here. I live here obviously they think I know. So I have gotten that in the last year. People asking which ones have a pickleball court. So.
0: Okay. So one thing we missed earlier, well, I mean, we, I guess we didn't miss it, but uh, the stocking of like paper, pro- actually one other thing before we get to the stocking of paper products, etc. Bedbug bed bug mattress encasements. Guys, when you're buying your sheets and stuff, you absolutely have to get the zippered mattress encasements. Uh, it won't keep bed bugs away totally, but it gives them less places to go. And by the way, you are probably, if you own short term rentals long enough, you will get bed bugs at some point. And it is not going to be your cleaner's fault. It's not because the place isn't clean, it's because they come in with people. So, I mean, you can get bed bugs from they can jump onto people's suitcases at the airport from other people's suitcases and come in. So it's not necessarily that, oh, your cleaner's doing a bad job. So don't go blaming your cleaner if that happens. It probably some guests brought them in and it can happen to the best of us. It's happened to me. So just a note on that. But now moving on to the stocking of like toilet paper paper towels. So in some markets, your cleaners will take care of this for you for an extra fee In some markets, maybe you want to Amazon them and just have them let you know when stuff gets low. Uh, what does it look like here?
2: So um, there's the paper towels, but I don't I don't know a lot of cabins that provide paper cups, paper plates, paper, I mean, plastic forks. Uh, they may, I'm not aware of it. I think they feel like we have you stocked with a set of Good plasticware, a full set of real dishes. If you want to bring paper, pick them up on your way. But um, that's just my experience. I don't. I don't know a lot that stock with the, with that much paper, except for the paper towels. Yeah,
1: paper towels, toilet paper. Um, I, Amazon, um, send I send cases, um, and then they just use it as they need it. So mm-hmm. it's the easiest thing for me to do that. Right. for my girls. And then they just use it when they need it and move on down the road. And I just do paper towels and toilet paper. And I do the individually packaged toilet papers.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. So you provide like a starter pack of toilet, like, you know, a few toilet papers and one paper towel. And then they go to the, you know, they get more from the store if they're there long enough to go through all that. Mm -hmm.
2: And sometimes I'll put one paper towel and put one under the sink because Mm -hmm. if they have a big deal. I'd prefer them to clean it up. And so if they have to use, you know, that could take several paper. T- I usually just leave one under the sink. So for yeah, extra. Do mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Do you provide toiletries like individual soaps or anything? Or are they on their own for that stuff? Uh, so-
1: I have the, I have the things on the walls that, you know, that have the soap dispensers on there, the shower, the conditioner, the shower gel, the conditioner and shampoo. And then I just buy the jugs and the girls fill it. Right, and that seems to be trending
2: now because it used to really be a little bar of soap in a couple of the bathrooms, and then if people bring what they want to bring. So uh, then I noticed, so that was how everything started: was a little bar of soap in the bathrooms. Then it in the last ten years, maybe a little maybe a little shampoo, not even a conditioner, but now people are getting the big bottles that are refillable. So then people say, Well, how do you feel about that? Do you people are you worried about someone messing with those and putting things in it other than shampoo? Well, they could, but if you get the locking kind, they really can't, just your cleaner can. So that's the one I really recommend. But if you don't have that, if you're scared of what kind of shampoo, if you're going to be allergic or break out, don't use it, bring your own anyway. And most people do if they're sensitive or can only use certain soaps. They're not going to use whatever soaps in that. They're not going to use it. So it's there for their convenience, but um, but they don't have to use it if they're worried about that. So they bring yeah, I,
1: I noticed mine don't get don't get used a whole lot. It's just there for somebody that forgets their stuff. Right. So it's not like they use a whole bunch. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, kind of there just in case. I think right. the men use it much more than the women.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do because they, they really don't care. They just need a little bit so mm-hmm. that's what I've noticed.
0: How about coffee filters? If you get, since you guys have the duo mm-hmm. makers, coffee filters, yeah. yes, mm-hmm. unless you use using, unless you have just the singles, you know. But if they bring their
2: own coffee, they would need a filter. So I usually just buy a little container that's
0: cute that says filters and they put them in it, mm-hmm. okay. How about dishwasher pods and laundry pods? So
1: So I the girls leave um, if it's a if it's just a few nights stay they'll leave like two dishwasher pods right and you know one or two laundry pods if it's a longer stay we'll leave three or four of the dishwasher pods and probably no more than two or three of the laundry pods. Mm -hmm. That's exactly because if you leave
2: it just. Your big thing you bought at the discount store—I mean, where you buy it in quantity—they'll use every one of those. So, yeah, you only you leave out, you know, a few them to use.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> okay, so you just kind of leave them with a starter pack of everything, and anything else they need, they can go to the store. You know, when they go to get groceries. So is there anything else that we haven't talked about in regards to setup that you think the listeners would benefit from hearing that maybe we haven't talked about? Uh, One thing that um, I'm pretty
2: big on and talk to my clients about, because they may not realize that if they haven't been in short term rental, but a lot of bodies and people are in and out of these cabins, obviously, and they're all over things and lounging and having a good time. So when it goes to decorating and how you furnish things, I like things to have, be a more wipeable surface. So leather, pleather—it doesn't have to be real leather, but something or even there's that micro suede that that wipes down real well. So something that can be cleaned easily, not something that's going to absorb things as many yeah. germs, bodily fluids. So <laughs> you know, you know, things happen in a cabin. So I would as many things as you can get to wipe down furniture-wise. So instead of an upholstered chair, a wooden chair, or put some cushions in it that you might wash the cushion covers if you want it to be some upholster stuff. And I definitely recommend as much leatherish furniture first for sitting purposes. Um, beds, uh, the more metal you can use, actually, bed bugs aren't attracted to metal. Bed bugs are more attracted to wood. Now, in saying that, uh, wood beds are fine, but bed bugs are more attracted to cedar. So, I don't recommend a cedar bed. I've had a cedar bed, but um, if you're trying to prevent bed bugs as much as possible, metal, wood, try to avoid cedar. No wicker for for bedding for beds because. They, they like to get in and weave their way in the wicker. I've seen it, not at my cabin, but at one of my clients. She had the bed about two years, so. Ugh, yeah. yeah wood beds. They do like wood beds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and if your furniture is sealed and everything, you know, most, fur- most wood furniture has a,
0: a sealer on it, but you don't want any raw wood,
2: natural wood for a bed they, they really like that. So. Mm-hmm. All
0: right. Anything else that we didn't cover that you think
1: the listeners need to hear about setup here? Becky does an amazing job with setup. She, she knows a lot about it. Um, I've done some setup, um, uh-huh. just, you know, put in what people are looking for, you know,
0: people
1: know the market, what, what the market yeah. wants at that time. Yeah. And it, mm-hmm. and it needs to be what other people will want, not just what you want. I see people right. making the mistake of just putting stuff in that they want. I mean, don't forget the wine opener. Don't forget the bottle opener. Don't forget things that you may not use. I mean, if you're not a beer drinker, and and you you think they're all twist off, they're not all twist off. Right. So you know, <laughs> you know, think of things because you don't want them using your countertop, and that's exactly what they're going to use, or one of your drawers, right? Or claim so, and
2: leave a bad review that you didn't have a wine opener or all of that.
1: So get get things that people are going to need, need. You know, you need regular knives and you need steak knives. You need, you know, yep. spoons. You need spatulas. Mm-hmm. You need all of those things so that people aren't, you know, finishing cooking and they don't have tongs or they don't have a soup. You know, you just, you want them to be your hosting. So right. you want them to
0: have what they need. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. I agree. You have to make it. They need to feel comfortable. Like they have everything they need for the week or weekend or however long they're going to be there and um, never feel like they're missing something. Right. 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 Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. I agree. Thank you guys so much for being on here. Uh, Listeners, if you guys are ready to buy with Kathy in Broken Bow, email us at agents at the short term shop.com and we will get you connected. Or if you just want to learn more about short-term rental investing, you can join our public Facebook group. Got about 65,000 people in there. It's same title as my book behind me, Short-Term Rental, Long-Term Wealth. Or you can join every Thursday. We have a live group call where we answer all of your questions about general short-term rental investing. So you can join that at www.strquestions.com. Thanks, guys.